Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. Macatrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, all sorts of pre-owned inventory. Great service department and sales staff. That's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And, of course, they're there for you for the big stuff, a service ins- or a state inspection, anything for service, looking to buy a new car, they got it all for you at SMC. Neil Coolong today going to join us for another look back at what was a phenomenal divisional weekend in the NFL. And lots of NFL news coming down today. And this just came in not too long ago. Sean Payton deciding to step away as the Saints head coach after 15 seasons. Not necessarily retiring permanently is the report here, but just wants to take a break. Not immediately clear what he plans to do next. ESPN saying TV networks have shown considerable interest in hiring him. Had three years remaining on his deal. And the Saints would maintain his rights if he decides to return to coaching. And even could require compensation if he wants to coach for another team. So, lots of new eras coming again for the Saints. No more Drew Brees. Now no more Sean Payton for the time being at least. So that's that's interesting. And one person that's not going anywhere is John Harbaugh, who's close to an extension with the Ravens. Slightly surprised by that because you heard some rumblings he was on the hot seat, but at the same time for Baltimore, he's done a good job there. I don't know who you'd get to really replace him at this point. I know he's been under fire for the decisions he's made to kind of go for two for the win, be extra aggressive. And I don't necessarily kill him in those instances. Maybe the Green Bay game I probably would have disagreed with. More or less, since it didn't work the first time against Pittsburgh. Just to try to preserve some wins, but overall, he's he's still done a, a good job there. And the Bears have finalized a deal to make Mark Poles their new GM, who was in the 
Chiefs front office, direct executive director of player personnel for the Chiefs. So he'll be leaving Brett Veach and heading to Chicago. MLB negotiations continue. They're met they're meeting for a second straight day today after agreeing to meet again today yesterday. And when it comes to this, just just wake me up when you have significant progress. I mean, I, I honestly can care less where they are right now. I mean, it's just baseball's in a very bad spot right now. And we'll just leave it at that. One other NFL note: Ron Torbert is the Super Bowl referee for this year. NFL just announced that today. He was the official for the 49ers-Packers game this past Sunday, so that's your notes there for the NFL and for Super Bowl 56. And by the way, we do have the playoffs right here on WKOK. So championship Sunday, 3 o'clock, you've got the AFC Championship game. Chiefs hosting the Bengals. Coverage beginning at 2 with Westwood 1. And then the NFC title game between the 49ers and the Rams. And then Super Bowl 56 will be right here on News Radio 1070 WDKOK as well. So glad to have the NFL back on the radio here on WKOK. I definitely do want to mention that. And another interesting chapter once again to the college football playoff committee. Michigan AD, Ward Manuel, now added to the selection committee. Very, very interesting. Along with former longtime coach Jim Grobe, Navy's athletic director, and former longtime USA Today sports writer Kelly Whiteside. Okay. NC State Athletic Director Bo Corrigan entering his second season on the committee will chair the 13-member group tasked with determining the four best teams in the country for now or hopefully more. And I could not have agreed more with what Steve said yesterday about how the CFP can learn from what happened this weekend in the NFL. No question about it. Because if it was set up that way, you know, Steve mentioned the Rose Bowl, for an example, when it was 48-45, what a phenomenal game that was. There it is. That's That wouldn't, and that presumably wouldn't have been a semifinal or the championship game. So you would have early drama in the playoffs. You know, he's often referenced how the NCAA tournament is during March Madness. Sometimes in the later rounds, you don't have as much drama as sometimes you do in the early rounds. So I completely agree. I want to see it go to 12. I, I just don't understand this whole hemming and hawing and thinking about things and trying to overthink strategies and this and that. Just do it. I mean, for so long, college football has been 
trying to find any way it can to get money or keep money. And they're taking a while to put this together. I mean, and... This fellow is important for you to get stuff out of your system. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm calling more Harper than what you're Don't talking you about with the CFP, that's all. That's what I think. Yeah. No, it's good. It is very you know? cathartic. Yeah. I feel like every day you come in to do this show, there's just a burden. Okay. It's just a burden on your shoulders. That this show is good to allow you the opportunity to just let loose. You know? For a young guy, you got a lot of complaints. <laughs> For a young guy, you got a lot of complaints. But that's okay. It's good for the show. In fact, I think, you know, my suggestion to the suit would be to sell your segment <laughs> where you get to get things off your chest. Don't you think so? We can call it Ran and Rave. Just a thought. I'll mention it. Just a thought. Because if you can do that, that's great. I will definitely hey. mention it. No, I think I think it's a segment we can sell. You know, it's become a very popular segment. I talk to a lot of people, you know, and, and they tell me over and over again that, like, you know, when you're, like, whining, moaning, and complaining, you know, they're rolling their eyes. <laughs> again, it's, you know, it's, it's important that... It at least elicits some reaction. <laughs> so what's today's big complaint? Come on. You can do it. Not really necessarily any, any big complaints. I was more or less oh, harping on what you... Oh, here we go. Not necessarily. No, I, I was agreeing <laughs> with you and harping on what you talked about yesterday with how the CFP can learn from... The NFL and uh, just the amount of hypocrisy no and, and mistrust and everything else about this hemming and hawing about trying to expand it. Just do it. Just do it and stop. Um, they're unreal. They're they unreal. really are. It's. It's. Uh, but I'm not surprised. We're all very smart. Nah, you really no. Yeah, no, you're not. That actually, degree doesn't mean. Just actually, just because you have a degree doesn't mean you are. What you are is greedy, <laughs> selfish, and paranoid. That's what you are. You're not smart it's one like, bit. Yeah, it's like, come on. <laughs> uh, but they made a couple. They did make a couple of changes in the college football playoff committee. I also found that interesting. Um, well, no, they have to. You only you're only on there for two year terms. Okay. So they have to. Oh, uh, you have to keep making changes. Uh, all the time. That's uh, that's you know that's actually part of how it works. Um, you know, again, uh, uh, since that's how it works, um, I want to make sure that you know everybody understood that that's how it works. We can't you know because again, you know what would happen if I didn't explain it. <laughs> 
you'd complain. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of the issues you'd complain. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Well, I'll tell you, talking about complaints, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask Neil Kulong today about the playoff format. Oh boy! Because listen to the, listen to the numbers. Listen to the numbers. Here are the stats. I'm printing something. Listen to the stats. In the playoffs, there have been 11 games that have gone to overtime. Okay. Of the 11 games, 10. Right have been decided by the team that won the coin toss won the game. 10 of the 11. Seven of those 10 did it with a touchdown in the opening drive. How about that? Again, did you know that? I did see that stat today. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you showed up prepared. That's good. It's a good thing. Yeah, sometimes I get with the program. Uh, well, you know, so f- the, the first guy we had, we're still waiting. <laughs> oh, my goodness. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul I say, hey, let's talk about anything you want to talk about. He goes, let's talk IndyCar. I'm like, oh, no. And all of a sudden, we'd like, you know, we looked at the ratings. They died. All right. So, <laughs> unreal. All right. So, we got Neil Kulong today. We have Ryan Snyder on recruiting today. We have Ben Jones today. I mean, really, we have an all-star lineup, don't you think? Well, as per usual. And we opened up with you whining, moaning, and complaining. So I feel like we've hit everything. A Hall of Fame vote comes out tonight at 6 for baseball. Right, so let's get your opinion. Okay? Thumbs up or thumbs down? David Ortiz. I'm going to say thumbs up only because the the allegations against them kind of were kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. No, there was nothing really definitive, if I, if I remember correctly. So I go thumbs up. Yeah, because, I mean, how many times was he tested um, over the years after 2003? And he, he was negative every year. He, you know, he passed every one of them. Uh, Barry Bonds. Thumbs down. Always Roger have been. Clemens. Thumbs down. Always have been. Kurt Schilling. I'm actually thumbs up in this case. I'm in the minority. Uh, Jeff, well, have you, uh, he got 71% of the vote last year, so obviously the majority voted for him. <laughs> okay. That's true, yes. You um, did. You're right. That's why I'm on the show. 
But yes, I, I go thumbs up for shills. My 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 ability to add, Jeff Kent. I can't remember. Was he? Did he test positive no, at he all? Was never, no, never no. did. Okay. No. Uh, I'm kind of. He was always. In fact, wasn't even suspected as a matter. Yeah, of I'm kind of borderline with him. Okay, uh, Scott Rowland. Thumbs up. Why? I always thought he had the uh, the the stats to to back it up, but I, I just I just like the way he played. A great glove too. Oof, yeah, what a great glove he had. But he spent a good chunk of his career with the Phillies, and he you know obviously with the Cardinals. Um, I'm trying to think, Sammy Sosa. Thumbs down. I feel like like which guy do I march to the guillotine with you? <laughs> I had a nick. I used to have a nickname for him when he played. By the way, Cork Boy. Oh boy! <laughs> Believe it or not, the Cork bat incident, where he claimed he was using a batting practice bat, a fungo bat, a fungo bat, and. To me, that's the one that put me over the top. So, well, if he's doing that, what else was he doing? Kind of lends on his credibility to other allegations, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think of it. Gary Sheffield. Uh, thumbs down. Alex Rodriguez. Also thumbs down. Always have been. We asked Jennifer Lopez. She felt the same way you did. <laughs> oh, my almighty! Uh, let's see. Omar Vizquel. Uh, yeah, thumbs up. Billy Wagner. Remind me, I don't think he tested positive either, right? But no, 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 no. Was... All, these guys, all these guys I'm giving you now are, are, with one exception, are all clean. Okay, then, yeah. Thumbs up for Billy Wagner. Uh, Todd Helton. I would go thumbs up for him. Okay, now now let's go to one uh, who's on the list and did, Manny Ramirez. Thumbs down. Okay. All right. Ryan, let's see. Ryan Howard. Thumbs up. Jimmy Rollins. I'm going to say thumbs up, but he's very close. Say that again. I didn't quite hear that one. No, I'm, say that I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say up. thumbs up for I'm gonna say thumbs up. Jimmy Rollins. Okay, Mark Teixeira. Thumbs up. Bobby Abreu. I go thumbs down with him. His family speaks very highly of you. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed watching him play, okay. but not a Hall of Famer in my mind. Yeah, a lot of these guys to me aren't. So let's see, Teixeira, no, but Hall of really good. Jimmy Rollins, no, Hall of really good. Uh, a Rod, no. Ortiz, yes. These are the first time guys. Ryan Howard, no. 
Um, like Jonathan Papelbon's here, no. I would agree. Uh, I'll tell you, Todd Helton, I would give a vote to. Chilling, yes. Roland, I'd really have to think about. Roland and Ken are two guys I'd have to give a long, long thought to, even though I lean toward maybe to their side. Um, Schilling, yes. Bonds and Clemens, I'll quickly explain. I would never put them on first ballot. This is their 10th year, but from years five on, I look at the first part of their career before there's any suspicion at all in their Hall of Famers. I'd put them in. That's the difference. See, with A-Rod, it goes back. And then when they were testing, he still missed. How do you do that? <laughs> hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory. All with the Sunbury Motors to guarantee, which is invaluable. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15. Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Oh, and by the way, the service department is just great. Inspections, fabulous. And uh, routine, great. Difficult, great. Yeah. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15. Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. We went through the Hall of Fame battle with Matt. He voted everybody off except for former Yankees. I, I just, I mean, it's confusing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know. Horace Clark. Oh, no. <laughs> Horace Clark. Horace Clark and Gene Michael were the best double play combination ever. All right. <laughs> so tough dealing with you Yankee fans. You think they're all Hall of Famers. Is Jorge Posada on this list? And I mean, in all sincerity, is he on the list somewhere? Because you know what? I was I I really liked Jorge Posada. I thought he was a heck of a player. I I, I had a love hate relationship with him. 
You have a love-hate relationship with everybody. <laughs> Every single person on the planet, you have a love-hate. Hey, you know, except for Lisa. You love her. Yes, I, got I do. It. Yes. Right? I got it. Yeah, like right now, like... But everybody uh, else. Jorge's borderline for me, else, honestly. You've got issues with everybody else. Love-hate. Hey, is anybody outside of Lisa and the kids perfect to you? Um. Yes, Meryl Sue Reese claims is. to be Sue. Sue claims to be. Uh yeah, no. Mercy probably is. That's correct. But I mean, it's like, but for you, but for you, it's just like nothing makes you happy. Nobody. <laughs> you want everybody fired, and you want to vote everybody off the island. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Don't shoot up the Roy's and I'll vote for you. That's all. I'm clean. <laughs> what are you mad at me for? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's bring in Ben Jones, statecollege.com. Hello, sir. Great to have you with us as always. I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, talk basketball for, for a moment. You've now watched Penn State through uh, this stretch starting January 2nd. What has been your general impression of the team since the restart? Um, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing for them is the fact that you've got so many new faces, both on the coaching staff and on the floor, and I don't know that you would necessarily know that. I mean, I think that they've had stretches where they, you know, have not played their best basketball, but when I think they've played well, they look like a bunch of guys who have played a lot of basketball, and that's really what this roster is is a lot of guys that maybe they haven't played together but they've got a lot of college basketball experience and we know you know we've heard from Michael Shrewsbury say that you know you want to get old and stay old in college basketball and it's kind of shown that I mean I, I think Jalen Pickett's a good example of a guy who's played a lot of basketball maybe hasn't played for Penn State for more than these 16 or so games um, but he's a guy who knows how to find his spots knows how to create his shots and, and hits them and I think because of that you've seen a team that's maybe um, you know, looked at times a little bit farther along than maybe we expected, and I think that's a good sign for Micah Shrewsbury, not only the rest of this year, uh, but what he's able to do, you know, moving forward with guys that have been in the program longer. Right. All right, so now let's get to Jalen Pickett. Picked him up from Siena, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but once he's hit stride, what have you thought about him? Yeah, I mean, he reminds me a little bit of DJ Newbill in some ways, a, a nice mid-range game, the ability to kind of bail you out at the at the end of the shot clock um i i think the thing that i like about him the most is that he is not terribly flashy but he is efficient in terms of getting to his spot and i think that one of the great skills that you can have as a ball handler and as a scorer especially in college basketball is you know you might know where your shot is you might know what kind of offense you want to generate but being able to do that can be difficult and i think he's done a good job especially the last couple games where he sort of found his stride because you're right he started a little slow I think once he found his game he's done a really good job of getting to his spots and hitting those shots and I think that's that's really key for this team because you know they've struggled scoring the ball at times and if you've got a guy that knows how to get his offense um, you're going to have a chance every possession and certainly Jalen Pickett um, especially as of late, has been able to do that for them. Uh, in fact, uh, Dick and I refer to uh, Jalen Pickett's game as an old man game, the old man game, I mean, the way he plays. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's very deliberate. He's very methodical. He's a different sort of player than Tony Carr, but I always thought that Tony Carr, when he was good, um, the game looked slow to him. I mean, he was a, he was a fast, you know, probably more athletic than Jalen Pickett, but a guy that it looked like the game was moving slow for him. And I think at times, um, you know, Jalen looks like a guy who's, he's, he knows what he wants to do and he knows how to do it and he's not in a hurry to get there. But at the same time, um, his herky-jerk ways are working out for him, and he's getting his points, and, and that's all that really matters. All right. So, uh, inside, obviously, John Harris coming off a tough game against Iowa. He's had very few tough games. Uh, he's made it tough on everybody else. What have you thought about watching John in this fifth year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think I tweeted this the other night that John Harris is really the perfect college basketball player because he is you know you watch John I think he knows his limitations everyone else knows his limitations but he is a guy who's going to give you 110 percent as cliche as that is every single night he's going to rebound harder than everybody else he's going to try harder than everybody else and it's paid dividends and I think it's really on both ends of the floor sort of the the thing that makes everything work for Penn State you know he's never going to be a guy that's you know scores like Mike Watson did or never going to be the guy that's maybe we absolutely have to get a basket that's give it to John, but to John's credit, he's been incredibly efficient this year outside of last game. He's been really good at the free throw line. He's done a good job of everything that he is good at. Yep. Um, and, and I think John, you know, is John going to play in the NBA? Probably not, but I think that if, you know, you told Michael Shrewsbury who's the most important guy on this team right now, um, you know, maybe there's some guys that can do a little bit more for you, um, but I don't know if there's anybody more important than John Hara, you know, on the whole, both ends up both sides of the floor uh, the uh, when you look at everybody else collectively in there and, and the and the offense and the amount of time this Penn State pace wise I think is like 352 or something like that or 348 some number like that when Micah talked about that uh, yesterday what what struck you about his comments about the pace with which they play the offense yeah, I mean, I think it's it's almost self-explanatory, but it's good to hear him say it, which is, you know, they're not going to win this run-and-gun game. They're not going to turn into the Warriors overnight, but they know how to play defense, they know how to rebound, and they know that at, at times they're going to get their shots. I think when Seth Lundy and Miles Dredd are hitting their shots, Penn State's not that bad of a team. When Jalen Pickett's getting his shots from mid-range and finishing around the rim, Penn State's not that bad of a team when John Hare is efficient. You know, they have all of the pieces. It's just a matter of can you do it, you know, more often than not when you've got the ball on that end of the floor. And I think Michael Shrewsbury knows what everybody else does, which is sometimes they can do that, but sometimes they can't. And if you want to win, if you want to be competitive, and if you want to hang around, um, you know, in any given game in the Big Ten, um, you're not going to do that with this team by trying to, you know, score 85 points. So I think they're happy to slow it down. Um, because at the end of the day, fewer possessions for you also probably means fewer possessions for right. your opponent, and, right. and that's that's how you go about winning. No, I think I think he's looked at the talent on this team, and he's got the right style for the talent he has. I mean, that's that I mean that's coaching to look around and say, okay, this is what I have. This is the best way to win. He's doing that. Now let's get to the Big Ten, though. Obviously, we haven't seen everybody yet, but we've watched enough on TV. Uh, there's a lot of talented players in the league, but I don't think it's a very athletic league you know, overall. What do you think of the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's an interesting year because, you know, some of the best guys, you know, you look at Kofi Coburn, who's he's athletic, but he is not by any stretch 
um, you know, flashy re- in regards to, you know, no one's going to confuse him for Joel Embiid or, or Jokic or anything like that. And certainly those guys are the only ones on the planet that play like that. But right. I, I do think it's bigger, it's longer, it's more physical. I mean, it, to a certain extent, that is, um, you know, Big Ten basketball in a nutshell. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because you've seen so many guys. Ohio State's got big guys. John Harris, a big guy. Illinois runs through big guys. Um, you know, it's almost a throwback a little bit. We've, we're so used to basketball becoming so guard-heavy and so athletically-minded mm-hmm. that certainly these guys are athletic in their own right. Um, but, you know, when you talk about the Big Ten being a physical basketball league, uh, this year certainly, is, as much as any, is a reminder of that, certainly, uh, once you get into the paint. It's funny, Tom Izzo was asked, because uh, Co- Coburn's been out in concussion protocol, and I think he's questionable for tonight. And they asked Somebody asked Izzo the question in yesterday's press conference. Uh, how different is Illinois without, uh, or is Illinois different without Coburn? Or that it was like the, the phrasing was bad. <laughs> Tom looked at him. He says, and of course the the press conference takes place in Lansing, and he says. It's like replacing the state capitol with a Seven Eleven. What? You... <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, of course, it's different <laughs> without him. Uh, but that's but that's the nature of the league. That's why I think the league may struggle again. The league struggled tremendously in the NCAA tournament last year. They may struggle again because other other schools they have more athletes. Yeah, and I think that's that really is the challenge because it, it works well in Big Ten play, but you're right. I mean, you look at Purdue, a team that can shoot it well, but, you know, they've got huge guys in the middle that are going to dominate against, you know, opposition uh, that doesn't have that, that big man in the middle. But once you get to the tournament, once you get deeper in the tournament, it's not going to matter because you're going to have teams that are going to happily trade the threes for twos sure. um, and, and the athleticism for all of that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. At the same time, you know, if you don't have a guy that matches up with Kofi Coburn, you're going to have yourself a trouble, you know, no matter who you are. But certainly I, I do think that the lack of really elite guard play in the Big Ten might come back to, to hurt the Big Ten in yeah. the postseason. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, match up with Indiana. What are your thoughts? This is the second time through Penn State beating by three the first time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it kind of goes back to what Miles Dredd said yesterday, which is, you know, <laughs> there's nothing easy about playing playing in Bloomington. No, um, I, I, I think you, you know, that, that, I, I, I've been a witness. <laughs> yeah, you know, th- there's going to be whistles that don't go your way. There's going to be a crowd that thinks every whistle that doesn't go its way is, is the wrong whistle. No, it's a you know, it's a tough place to play. Indiana's, uh, you know, still figuring things out, but I think. Um, you know, you get a little bit of confidence if you're Penn State knowing that you picked up the win the first time around, uh, especially going on the road facing a team. Um, but, you know, I, I think for, like, the, the tale is oldest time for Penn State basketball, I think it's, you know, can they take care of the ball? Can they make their yeah. shots? Can they do the things they need to do? If you do that, they can beat anybody in the Big Ten, but it's just a question of are they going to do it on that, that night. So, you know, I, I think it's much more an introspective kind of matchup for Penn State this year than it is really any one thing that an opponent's going to do. I think it's I think it's actually a good matchup for Penn State to be honest with you. Uh, and Mike, you know, they, like Mike, to be honest with you, thoroughly outcoached Mike Woodson the first time. Uh, now Mike Woodson's going to make adjustments because they've only lost once at home all year. Oh, by the way, that was Sunday uh, when Michigan beat them. Uh, it's, uh, what's your general Penn State football thoughts right now? It's been an interesting month. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, if you can go into the off season with more 
good news than bad. Um, I, I think that you're in a good place right now if you're Penn State football. And I think Manny Diaz, that's an important hire. I think that's a good hire. I think getting Drew Aller on campus is a good, obvious thing. I think, you know, we could talk for 20 minutes about having Sean Clifford back um, in the program. I think that, you know, you're always expecting a little bit of movement in the transfer portal, but I think for the most part, uh, there hasn't been any real big surprises, and I think that's what you're trying to avoid these days are the surprises. You're going to have guys go. You're going to have running backs that say, look, there's 30 running backs, and maybe it's not my turn. I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you're Penn State, you've had more good news than bad. You haven't had very many surprises, if any. Um, and I think if you're James Franklin heading into February, um, you're happy to have everything going more or less as you expected it to. Are you surprised at all that – those who are vocal about it, about Sean Clifford, uh, the way they've responded to him coming back for his sixth year, because to be honest with you, I'm, a, you know, being around this a lot, having a guy like that is a real big plus to me, considering young quarterbacks. I don't want to throw him in right away. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's always going to be fans that want to see the new guy. I think that's natural. And I think, you know, I think all of us are kind of interested to see what Drew Allard can or cannot do over the course of his career so I get that but I think you know college football is a quarterback game and if you've got an experienced quarterback you're going to be in a better position than a lot of teams and I, I do think you know you look at the schedule that Penn State has early on even after it got uh, moved around a little bit yeah. they've got some tough games early on and, and whatever Sean Clifford is or isn't as a quarterback he's a guy who's played a lot of football and and I think that that's going to benefit Penn State in the long run um, I, I don't think there's a situation necessarily where Sean Clifford's not with the team and you go, Penn State's better for it. Um, you know, I certainly get people wanting to see if grass is greener on the other side, and I think Sean Clifford, um, you know, will have a little bit to prove early on that this was the right call. But at the same time, um, if you've got a guy who's played as many games as he has and is one of the most experienced quarterbacks in college football, um, it, it, you know, the fact of the matter is if Sean Clifford went to the transport portal tomorrow, he'd be one of the top four guys available right, <laughs> right. now. So, you better believe you know, it. You know, it, it, that says everything it needs. You know, our fans, you know, want to see something else. I don't blame them. That's how football works. That's how sports works. Um, but Penn State's a better football program for having Sean Clifford on that roster. Ben, thank you so much. Appreciate uh, having you back on the show. Yep, thanks for having me, Steve. Ben uh, Jones, StayCollege.com. All right, a lot going on in the show today. Neil Kulong next half hour. Ryan Snyder on recruiting final half hour. And uh, sprinkling in a few Mac complaints. Uh, we'll, in fact, we've decided to call the segment from the guillotine. I like that name, too. Yeah, I figured you would. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WK. 